Hallelujah. It is good to be here. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Are you sure you're ready for this? Okay. Um, we've got two CD series out there, or not CDs, USB series. One of them's called uh, Truth Revolution. And this is where it began. In 2016, I was uh, hit with a major health crisis in my life. And uh, it affected me greatly. Um, I had like 14% heart function. And uh, so, you know, I had kind of sold out to Church Inc., if you know what I mean, where we kind of went the way that church was going in that time period. And uh, it, I hit the wall. I hit the wall. And um, so in 2016, when I got that report, uh, I had to go back to the basics. I had to go back to what my roots were. And um, so it's, it's vital to always remember your roots. Amen. Amen. I had to go back and listen to old messages and get back and listening to people that were uh, gone to heaven but uh, knew something about the new creation life. And my prayer was this, <clears throat> Lord, I want to know the realm of the spirit in such a tangible way that it's just like I'm operating in the natural realm to where when I am relieved of this body, I will walk in the realm of the spirit, not surprised by anything. And that was my prayer for many years. Now, many of you may have prayed prayers similar to that, and you might have had some ideas of how God would answer that. In my estimation, it would be in regards to him showing me through discerning of spirits or giving me a dream or a vision. He never did that. Instead, he told me that I'm going to show you through my word. And so it's vital that we understand that the word, when we talk about the concepts and the things that we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, it's important that we always have a word basis that we see things according to the lens of the scripture and not, you know, through experience or something that we've seen that is contrary to the scripture. We need to understand that if the scripture is the basis and the eyesight for everything that we see and do. And there's been many times I've prayed, Lord, give me a vision. Show me this. Why, does, why do you show this pastor this? And why do you show this pastor this? And I don't get it. And he said, Basically, he said, blessed are those who do not see, but yet believe. Amen? And that's vital and important for us to understand is that it's a walk of faith. Now, I thank God for everyone that's had a vision and had an experience, but I haven't had those experiences. But I can tell you this. I have seen clearly through the lens of the word. The Holy Spirit has guided me through the scripture. And what I'm about to share with you in these next few weeks is seven years. This is seven years, a culmination of seven years. Now, we used to have a disclosure class. We had it on Sunday nights. But I was disappointed, not with the people that attended, because we had wonderful attendance. 
But I was disappointed that I wasn't able to give this message to young people. And so the Lord began to deal with me and say, you need to teach this to the young people. The young people need to see what is transpiring in our world today, and they need to see it through the biblical lens. Amen? Okay. Now, if you're religious here today, you will get mad. Okay? If you have presupposed ideas, if you're overly political, you will get angry. Because God is neither Democrat nor Republican. And so I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm not here to... Uh, listen, we will show you people that are in this uh, world system that are operating and trying to bring about certain things, the Antichrist system. They'll be seen and named by name. But we must understand we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And so we shouldn't demonize people. Amen? Our demonized groups of people. We need to look at it specifically from the Spirit and deal with it from the Spirit because our wrestle is in the realm of the Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that we do not do our civic duty as good citizens of, of our nation, but that simply means that our most powerful position is on our knees with the authority that Jesus has given us and speaking forth to untruth and injustice around the world. Amen? And we need to do that. Amen? God expects us to do that. And that makes you at odds with a lot of people. But guess what? That's what we're called to do. Amen? So I got some ground rules, and then we're going to intro the video. And But I, I don't want you to be afraid. We should never be afraid of the end times. Jesus, over and over in his ministry, told his disciples, and he tells his disciples today, do not be afraid of what's coming upon the earth. Don't be afraid. He said, look up, for your redemption draws near. Amen? It draws near. So we need to understand that as believers in Christ Jesus, we may experience the hardships that come in regards to persecution, in regards to the ramping up of the beast system. But know this. Our Savior has us. Our Savior can sustain us. Our Savior can redeem us. Our Savior can rescue us. We'll just simply put our trust in Him. Amen? So I don't want you to be afraid. If if you get afraid, and you're a believer. Now, if you're an unbeliever, you don't need to be afraid because Jesus is right here to meet you right now to save your life. Amen? But if, I, if you're a believer and you get scared and afraid of this thing, then I'm doing it wrong. Amen? Okay? So we're going to attack ideologies, institutions, ideas, not people. In many of the institutions that we'll talk about, there are people in them that are not evil. They just don't know what they're in. So we're not attacking people. But we are going to highlight institutions. And just because maybe you might be a part of those institutions doesn't mean that we are pointing you out. We are speaking to the institution and its rules, its regulations, and the way that it behaves. 
Okay, so don't, in this number three, don't get offended. It's time for us to grow up and realize that the church has not had these kinds of conversations. These are not prevalent in churches today to talk about what is happening in the earth. We all see it. Many of us peruse the internet endlessly. And we see all the stories, but yet the church isn't addressing these issues. We're going to address all of them. We're going to address the WEF. We're going to address the B system. I'm going to show you how the B system works. I'm going to show you how economics work. I'm going to show you all this stuff. And I'm going to show you about UFOs. That's going to be fun. But I'm going to show you through the biblical lens. Because it's time for us to see it through the biblical lens. Now, this is information. This is not manipulation. I'm not trying to manipulate to do anything. We're not going to build bunkers. <laughs> Hello? Amen? We're not going to go all live at the camp? Come on now. Hello? And I'm not manipulating you for money or anything of that nature. Amen? I'm giving the church the information necessary to go into the last of the last of the last days. Because Jesus is coming. I said Jesus is coming. I said Jesus is coming. And he says when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? Well, praise God. I believe this is going to be one church where he's going to find faith in the earth. Amen? This is not conspiracy theories. Conspiracy has been mishandled in the sense that it has been mocked and and been ridiculed. But majority of all crimes in the United States of America are conspiratorial. And in fact, if you go to the Creek County Courthouse and you stand and watch people go through and give their cases, you will find many conspiracy cases. In fact, they will use the word conspiracy in the language simply means two or more agents cooperating together to harm or hurt or impede another person. The Bible teaches that there is a massive conspiracy going on in the realm of the Spirit. And in fact, if you uh, read Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. You can't believe in accidental history. Mm, Okay, all right. You have to believe in conspiratorial history. That there are agents that are conspiring to bring about their desires and their world into our world. And they're using human agents to bring it about. So we're going to talk about that. Amen? Okay. Now, to tell you about this, because I don't want the religious people to get mad. Okay? I use a Who song. The greatest rock band in the world, as far as my estimation. Okay? All right. Pete Townsend had a rock opera after he wrote his first one that never came to fruition. It's called Lifehouse. And the concept of it always intrigued me because he basically 
1973, guys, 1973, 20 years before the Internet became a, a, a part of our lives to where we couldn't live without it, he perceived and knew that we would one day be attached to technology in such a way that we would live feigned, fabricated lives through technology instead of living out in the real world. And we have seen that in our day. Now, he didn't know it was the Internet, although the Internet was basically, uh, you know, in existence for many years before we see it here today. It was created by the military-industrial complex, okay? And it was meant to use for espionage and information in regards to, to uh, countries and, and, and potential enemies. So it was used for spying. But uh, then it came into the mainstream, okay? Now it's, it's used for... Sp- <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. You're going to like this. Okay? So I don't think the church has been wrestling with the woke message. And the woke message is not a message from God. That's true. The Bible teaches us an awake message. And there's a difference. We are to awake and awake unto Jesus. Awake unto God and he will give us light. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that light will come forth. Now this song is called Relay because that's what they said the internet was. Okay? And so... Where I'm going to show you in this intro video is kind of going to show you kind of a little sampler of what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. So go ahead and roll that, Mark. And of course, as promised, the Who, starting off with a song already well familiar. This is Relay. that really grabbed me as, as urgent uh, was, were issues related to population, uh, reproductive health. Now, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Hide away from human population growth because you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there, were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. 
first uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who are changed. And of course, this has a big impact on your identity. One of the features of this fourth industrial revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing, but it changes us. Created at least 40 new far, big pharma billionaires. Pharmaceutical corporations like Moderna and Pfizer made $1,000 of profit every second from the COVID 19 vaccine. More than two thirds of Congress received campaign funding from pharmaceutical companies in the 2020 election. Pfizer chairman Albert Baller told Time magazine in July 2020 that his company was developing a COVID vaccine for the good of humanity, not for money. And of course, Pfizer made $100 billion okay. in profit right. in 2022. Right. And may I just mention that finally, and these are, this is also a fact, that you, the American public, funded the development of that, the German public funded BioNTech vaccine. When it came to the profits, they took the profits. When it came to the funding, you paid for the funding. If you have an economic system in which pharmaceutical companies benefit hugely from medical emergencies, where a military-industrial complex benefits from war, where energy companies benefit from energy crises, you are going to generate states of perpetual crisis. Even bigger powers than ever before, we are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring the, the power to reinvent the new life. that gives you an idea. Let's look at Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 2, the psalmist said, it's very important that we understand that the Psalms are written in coordination with the Torah, that the Torah is the first five books of the Bible that Moses received on Mount Sinai. And the Psalms have five books to them. And so as we see the first book that uh, typifies, uh, you know, Genesis, it begins to show us here that the first book of Psalms, which, uh, you know, starts with this, begins to show us the beginning. And God always declares the end from the beginning. That's right. And so he starts off, you know, in Psalm 1, and we, we all can recite that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it he does meditate day and night. So he's talking about the original design for man, and he begins to contrast what a righteous man looks like and what a wicked man looks like. But when he gets to Psalm chapter 2, he begins to declare the plan of the ages. He begins to share with us what it's going to look like at the end. Because of what he has declared in the beginning. And see, we need to understand that as believers, we're not in the dark. We have been given the light of life and the light in the Lord. 
if we choose to walk in ignorance, it's up to us. But God has displayed it through his word and by the spirit. We can know the mind and heart of God. And praise God, prophecy shows us that God has already written the future. And that we can trust him with history. Amen? And so when we get into Psalm 2, it should give us some comfort because Psalm 2 describes the present situation in which we're living in. But it also tells you why the present situation is the way that it is. So let's look at it. It says, why do the nations rage? Have we seen some nations rage? Amen? Now, we have to understand, and we'll study this as we go further into our study, but... uh, the nations rage because of the gods of the nations. And we'll, we'll study that out. Amen? And uh, so that will be very interesting. It says, and the peoples plot in vain. It says, the kings or the authorities of the earth, they set themselves and the rulers take counsel. The NIV, the nearly inspired version, <laughs> uses the word Conspire. So it's showing you that the kings of the earth, the people that are in authority, the people that are making the so-called rules and decisions in regards to civilization, cultures, and countries are conspiring together. And what are they conspiring? Are they conspiring about benefiting humankind? Are they conspiring about making life better? No, this is what they're uh, conspiring about. It says they take counsel against the Lord. Amen? They take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed saying. Now the word anointed there is capitalized. So it has to be in regards to Jesus because Jesus is the Mashiach. He is the Messiah, which means he is the anointed. And that also factors into you and I because we're his body on the earth. So as he is, so are we. So there is conspiring against not only God, but against the anointed Jesus, the head of the church and the body of Christ on the earth. And we're seeing that continue as you saw some of those, some of the footage of the WEF, of, of Klaus Schwab. You know, he's got that Bond villain voice. You know, he's got that Bond voice. He looks like Blofeld in the James Bond movies. Who knew that Spectre was real? They're conspiring. They want to defeat God. Amen? Amen. They believe it. They believe they can. And notice what it says. Saying this, let us burst their bonds apart. What are we talking about bonds? The, the, The construct of the word of God that has been released into the earth, they want to burst away from that. They want to get away from that. And that's the reason why we went into... We went into truth that is in the word to now in the generations that you and I live in, my truth. Well, not everything can be true. 
There is only one truth. Amen? Now, truth or, or a revelation comes from deep three different places and, and creates a fourth. The first is, is information comes from God. And we see that at Sinai. We see that at the Apostle Paul in the, in, in, in the uh, deserts of Arabia. He received the gospel. It comes from God, a direct revelation from God. Amen? Then there's information that comes from angels, fallen angels. And we know that in the stories and also in, you know, extra biblical texts that angelic beings have been giving information and been giving insight and been giving strategies to human agents. We see that through various things and we'll look at them as we progress in this uh, lesson, in these, in these teachings. Then we see that human beings have a wisdom because we're created in the image and likeness of God. We're sentient and we understand things and we can learn things. Although our wisdom is dumbed down from God's wisdom and the angelic realm. Most people live, in fact I would say all people live, in what the fourth level, which is braided wisdom. And basically it's all three strands braided together. That's the reason why you've got people that will say things like, well, our actions don't matter. You know, there's no God. And then one day they get in trouble and they say, you know what? What, what you do is going to come back on you. You just said that my actions had no repercussions. And now you're telling me that what goes around comes around. That's braided wisdom, guys. It's braided. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I am the way. I am the truth, the actual, I've taught you this, the actual Greek, I am the reality. So Jesus walking the earth is the reality. He's not just the reality of God, he's the reality of how a human connected to God is supposed to operate. And basically, he began to take those wisdoms, those knowledges, and he said, you know what? Truth isn't a set of specific guidelines. It isn't a specific rule of ethics. It isn't a specific rule of revelation. Truth is a person. And he has come to unbraid. Amen. We are in a secret war. What do I mean by that? Secret in the fact that it cannot be seen? No secret in the fact that it's battling and conflicting wisdoms. There is overlap in those wisdoms. But still yet, Jesus came to set the record straight. And in fact, God tried to set the record straight through the Torah. In fact, the entire first two books of the Bible were polemic. They were meant to refute the misinformation of over 1,628 years that man was living under the influence of the devil. And that's the reason why it has this kind of narrative to it where it says, well, you heard this, but this is what really happened. And you've heard that, but this is what's happened. And that's the way the book of Genesis talks because it's explaining the true wisdom. See, when we need to under, what we need to understand about history is the greatest cover-up in history is the cover-up of
love history. Because even some theologians that are even teaching this morning do not believe the Bible is true history. See, we have lived in and in, in swum in a milieu, that's Spanish, of higher criticism in which we have dumbed down the Bible and we've taken away the supernatural aspects of it. We have a Jeffersonian mindset when it comes to the Bible. And we've been fed it over and over and over in our life to where we no longer see this as a supernatural book. Oh, we get intrigued with, you know, Lord of the Rings. We get intrigued with Harry Potter. But you need to understand that this is the most supernatural book that you could ever... And that this stuff has stuff that makes sci-fi people's nails curl. But you're going to have to learn to read it right. You're going to have to learn to read it by the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to look at it as a supernatural book. And you're going to have to see it as a supernatural history. Amen? It's funny how people, they don't believe in certain things that the Bible says, but yet they'll believe in the virgin birth. Now, I absolutely believe in the virgin birth, but I also believe in other things that are in here as well. If the Bible says it, you need to settle it in your heart. If the Bible says it, that's it. I may not understand it in my head. I may not be able to, uh, you know, ascertain it, but it's true. Amen? Now, notice this. They want to break off their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Let's cast away their cords. What are their cords? You see, the connection. Let's take away the Judeo-Christian ethic away from us. And let's live our own truth. Let's worship our own gods. Let's believe in what we want to believe. And reject the biblical narrative. That's what they're saying. And so we're seeing it in every factor and every faction of our communities and of our nation and around the world. We're seeing this massive trying to separate themselves from the Bible as the source of truth. And it's sad to say that the church has been also responsible for breaking away. Come on now. The church has been responsible for breaking away. Because when we started undermining the Bible and beginning to question its veracity and its infallibility, just simply because our English translations have trouble with the Hebrew, the Aramaic, and the Greek that it's written in, we tend to take away and say, well, that's just fairy tales. Those are just allegories. And it's caused the church to be impotent in its ability to influence the earth. Because we're no longer doing what Jesus did. We're no longer saying what Jesus said. And we're no longer doing the works of Jesus in the earth because we have convinced ourselves that Amen? Amen. And it's important that we get back. 
Now notice this. He says, he who sits in the heavens. Who's that? That's God. Laughs. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Amen? The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, notice what he's saying. As for me, that means as the supreme authority of the universe, as for me, I have set my king. Everybody say my king. Now this is before the foundation of the world. God has already established his king. The reason why there is upheaval in the world today, the reason why we're going through what we're going through, is not because darkness is increasing in power, but because it is in rebellion to and reaction to God's setting of his king in Mount Zion. That means that God has already got this thing wrapped up. God already sees you at the finish line. God already sees you in his presence. Guess what? No matter what you're going through today, you make it! Because he has set his king. Now what are they refuting? We want to break off the bonds. We want to burst away from this. We don't want under this king. We don't want a lord. We don't want a master. We don't want this king that you have appointed. But he says, guess what? I've already said him. It's not in process, guys. It's not something that's going to happen. It's something that's already happened. When Jesus came into the earth, he preached about a kingdom. That means that he's a king. Oh, come on now. You've got to see Jesus as a king in his entirety. In in, in the past, in the present, in the future. He's a king. And he spoke of a kingdom. And a kingdom only speaks of a kingdom if he's the king of a kingdom. Yes. Amen? And that's the reason why they killed him. And that's the reason why, well, he, they didn't kill him. He, he gave his life up for us. But that's the reason why they tried to murder him. It's because they knew he was a king. Amen? Kings have problems with other kings. They conspire against the king. And because they conspire against the king, they conspire against his kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? Are you getting anything out of this? Is this helping you? Okay, all right. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them and his fury saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. That means that my kingdom, which Zion it represents his kingdom. He said, I've already set my king. And you know, Jesus said this. He said, this is judgment that has come into the world. That light has come into the world. That's the judgment. That's the judgment, the fact that we were in darkness and that we were darkness, according to Ephesians chapter 5. We're darkness. Now we're the light of the Lord. Why? Because light has been revealed. 
the men's uh, people uh, sat in gross darkness, but, but the light of the Lord has arisen. When Jesus came, he was the light of life. And him appearing on the human scene brought light into the world. Now there was a light called the Torah. And it came into the world. And the prophetic words were light. But they were not the entire light as when Jesus came into this earth. And when Jesus came into this earth as the light, it served notice. Oh, come on now. See, we've got to understand victory, 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 victory in Jesus. Amen? It served notice to darkness that its days are numbered. Amen? And in fact, if you look at 1 John chapter 2, I'm just going to quote it to you because I'm going to run out of time. I've got some clips to show you. In 1 John chapter 2, it basically says that... Light has come into this world, and that darkness is dissipating away. So why the upheaval? Because it would seem by the way that we see on our timelines and in our televisions that darkness is prevailing. But that's not the truth. The church never has that perception. The church should have the perception that light has come in and that darkness is gasping its last breaths. And it's reaching for anything and everything it can get a hold of to keep itself in its position. But guess what? Jesus utterly decimated darkness and sin and everything through his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? Praise God. It's the truth. Now, when it comes to conspiring, things of that nature, we need to understand that the the kingdom of darkness and its human agents in the world are trying... Now, this is prophetic here, and you've probably heard it if you've listened to anybody who's got their ear to God in this season, is that what is happening is, and this has happened many times over, you know, the history of our nation, is that there are agents that are trying to speed up the kingdom of the Antichrist. And so you're seeing a very strong push in 2023 to get to a place called Agenda 2030. How many have heard of Agenda 2030? Agenda 2030 is where the think tank, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, a group of elitist class that basically have education and money but don't work real jobs, don't know how, come on now, don't know how to live life. They're just an intelligence, you know, group of people that begin to decide what humanity is supposed to do and what humanity is supposed to look like in the coming years. Now, you're going to get upset with me, and it's okay. It's all right. I can take it. 
But they use the fear-mongering of climate change They use the fear-mongering of climate change, breakdown in financial uh, sectors, and right now, a massive attack upon our cybersecurity. They, they talk these things over and over and over again. Now, if you were with me in Truth Revolution, I read to you uh, a, a memorandum or an order of service that was part of one of these um, counterparts to the WEF, which was the Rockefeller Foundation. How many remember that? Now, this was before COVID. This was 2018. They were already talking about a pandemic. Oh, are you sure? Are you are you positive <laughs> that you want to hear this stuff? Okay. All right. They were already doing that. Why? They want to speed up and advance the spirit of Antichrist in the world. They want to position people. Now, you saw Bill Gates clearly say, clearly say from that, that vaccines were a way of diminishing the population. That's exactly what he said. Now, whether you're pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine, I don't care. I don't care whether you took the jab or you didn't take the jab. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about that. What we're talking about is understanding and seeing what's going on right now in the last days. Because the population is reaching close to 9 billion people, the elitist class, which is really not an elitist class, they're a cult. are scared about the people rising up just like they did in the French Revolution, just like they did in the American Revolution, just like, come on now, and beginning to change their program. You see, in 2016, it was supposed to be someone else as president. That president was going to lead us into what is currently happening. Because they want to advance the beast system. They want to control the populace. And so right now they're doing all kinds of things. Now the number one deception that they're doing in our lives, and again, I'm going to make you mad, is your technology. They're making you dependent on technology. So we're going to show this first video and then... And then uh, this is a parody from, about the WEF that was on the BBC, but uh, it, it's, it's basically the information, and we'll find out later, it's basically the information that they're propounding, and I think you'll find it very biblical, what they're trying to do. So let's watch that video. There. We can let that breathe for 10 minutes, or looking good. I'll come back and I'll dress them. Do you see? These are interaction nodes. If I use this finger, I can open all the doors at work, no ID. And if I just scan this in the shop, I can pay for anything up to a thousand pounds. And look, Dad? Mom? 
I've just taken your photo. Send and send. It doesn't need the sound effect. I just added back because it makes me laugh. You promised me they wouldn't touch your eyes. Not after last time. That was years ago. Grant's had stem cells in her eyes since then. Yeah, I can't help thinking... Well, don't laugh. All these power cuts. <laughs> well, what would happen to you? Nothing. What happens to you in a power cut? Nothing. <laughs> so, what about your head? Can't feel a thing. They inserted the tiniest wafer into my brain. Oh, my God. Look at the result. Sync us up. No keyboard. I don't need a keyboard ever again. You did that by thinking? It can't read my mind. Not yet, but the wafer tracks activity in the neural pathway and micro-movements in the retina to predict what I'm thinking. But that is reading your mind. Bless you, everyone is. There's Aunt Rosie. She's at home. Lincoln's in school. Lee's not in school. Should be. Rosie. In the park. Don't tell Rosie. Grand's at home in the kitchen. What a surprise. Let's find Ruby. She's in a bar called the Marine Tide and she's just bought a bottle of housewife for £56. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. £56 quid for the housewife. Oh, my God. How did it go, Beth? How are you? Did it work? Are you completely synced up now? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm with Mum and Dad, and I've just realised you're in trouble. You should be in college. 56 quid. For God's sake, Bethany. <laughs> Oops. That is amazing. And a little bit like spying. What if I didn't want you tracking me? Well, that's a good question. But can you imagine? What if your father was having an affair or something? Okay. You're in my contacts. That's permission, according to the law. But I still don't understand. You can run software like this on a keyboard. So why do you need the operation? I'm trying to explain it in ways you can understand, but the connection is so much more. While we were talking, at exactly the same time, I wondered about the 80 days of rain, where it came from, why it was, what comes next. And I keyed into satellites just 30 seconds ago. So I can see the course of El Nino. And I can tap into pressure sensors along the Atlantic coast and barometric readings from the ships at sea. If I put all of that together, I'm there. I'm inside it. The tide, the depth of the sea and the curl of the waves within me. And right now in Charles Street, Pasadena, a 15-year-old girl called Ethany Cross has written her first song and put it online. And, oh, She's got the sweetest voice. So when I combine all of that, it's joy. In my head, it is absolute joy. <laughs> Pretty intense. But that's where they're at. Let's turn to another passage of scripture in First uh, John chapter 5. And a lot of people have trouble with this scripture, but it's in the Bible. First chapter 5 and verse, First John chapter 5 verse 19. It says, we know that we are from God. And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. How much of the world? Half of the world? 
No, the whole world. Amen? It basically is run by the wicked one and under the influence of the wicked one. Amen? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only entity that has the legal ability to overcome the wicked one through the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. We're seated with him in heavenly places. We are called the ecclesia, which means we are the legislative assembly. But because we don't know who we are and what we're able, this, this spirit of Antichrist keeps advancing and moving forward. We can, we're not going to stop it per se, inevitably, but we can impede its progress. Amen? So we don't need, you know, to basically get into this in 2023. We need to stand. Amen? We need to take a stand. Amen? So when it comes to this, we've got to understand various things. And I'm going to show you some pictures here that kind of show you that the whole world lieth in the power of the wicked one. So right here is a a picture of the WHO meeting with representatives of China. Okay? Now, it just looks like a simple meeting, doesn't it? But look at that idol in the back. That is the uh, Hindu god Shiva. Shiva is the companion to what the Hebrews called Abaddon, which in the Greek means Apollo. And it means the god of destruction. And in fact, what she's doing there is a dance. What he's doing there, they're, you know, they're different sexes. Come on now. Okay. It's where a lot of the transgender stuff is coming from, is from these entities. And so um, he's doing a dance. And the dance is a dance of destruction. Now, why would this be at a WHO meeting? Why would this be a prime piece of art or whatever in the place in which the World Health Organization is meeting with nations? It's because they're trying to create a global reset. Amen? They're trying to destroy what is so that they can bring about their version of utopia. Okay? All right. Now, in America, we have this idea that witchcraft is archaic and it's, it's not in our modern times. And in fact, some of us have pictures of witches like this. And we just think, you know, it's like the hocus pocus witches, you know, that, uh, you know, they're ugly or, you know, they're, you know, we can see them. But, you know, when you think about what the Bible teaches, and I've taught you this before, so a lot of things we're, we're going to go over. It talks about in the end times that evil seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And I've shared with you that the word deceivers or evil deceivers is a Greek word, goes, which means actor. Mm, You see, I know you don't like this, but it's the truth. So witches in modern day look like this. Look like this. I'm sorry. Looks like this. This is Katy Perry riding a beast. What's that come from? It came from the book of Revelation. It's the woman who rides the beast. How about this one? 
See, she's giving you occultic signs right there. They give them to you all the time. You can look at various uh, actors and people, uh, musicians and things of that nature. They're always doing the one eye. It's basically uh, in honor to um, Horus, Egyptian gods. Okay? How about Lady Gaga? Okay? So when we talk about witchcraft, witchcraft is the ability to influence by using secret knowledge. And that's really what the word witch meant in its archaic form. It's, it's someone who practices forbidden knowledge. And so the idea of music, you don't know how powerful music is. Now, you know what? I love music and I love all types of music, but we need to be wise and understand. Hello. Now, in the political sphere, you know, we have to understand that, you know, Jesus in his ministry gave allusion to that the fallen angels, those that were in control of the world when he walked the earth, were actually tied to the gods of the nations. And that he actually begins to correlate these fallen entities to the Olympians. Okay? So what you learned in high school from Homer and Hesiod and all the various things, these people were real. Now the stories are exaggerated. Because they are, gods always like, you know, false gods always like to prop themselves up. But you need to understand that these people were real. They were in the antediluvian world in Genesis 6. We'll talk more about it, okay? Don't, you know, I'm trying to give you an overture here today. But in the book of Revelation, in the second chapter, he talks to the church of Pergamum. And Jesus is speaking to the church and he says, I know where you are. I know where you live. Where Satan's throne is. How many remember that? Where Satan's throne is. Well, you know, he wasn't just talking about a figurative, invisible throne over Pergamum. He was talking about this, which was the altar of Zeus. The altar of Zeus was a place in which many human sacrifices were done. Over and over and over and over again. Blood was shed. This is a type of Zeus battling the Titans, and it shows a cosmic battle. Now, guess who the Titan is that Zeus is fighting against? It's Yahweh. And Zeus would banished Yahweh into Tartarus. And that's what Satan would want to do with Jesus and Yahweh. And so, every, listen, guys, when it comes to Hollywood and stories, you need to understand that when the wolf tells the story, the shepherd is always the enemy. Okay? So this, this altar of Zeus stood up for many years. And in fact, over time, it had deteriorated and even was buried. Hitler decided to dig it up and move it to Berlin. And you can see it in a, you know, in a, uh, you know, a museum. But guess who used this design 
I'm not going to tell you who it is. But guess who used that design for his second time celebration of being inaugurated president of the United States? He used the altar of Zeus. The same platform that Hitler spoke from and the same altar that Jesus refers to as the throne of Satan. All the world. Listen, guys. (laughs) Even the FDA. And we're going to show you a clip right now. FDA. Go right ahead. not feeling so good today? Who? Mr. Magoo. Oh, no, sad. Poor Mr. Magoo. What makes you feel better when you're sick? Medicine! I heard medicine. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Medicine. Now, can anyone tell me what this is? That's right. Pills make us feel so much better when we're sick. My mommy says pills can hurt you. Oh, not if you follow the prescribed FDA regulations. What's FDA? Oh, good question, Sally. FDA stands for Food and Drug Administration. Who knows how a pill gets approved by the FDA? There are three steps to the FDA approval process. The first step, the scientist has to invent a pill that makes people better. The second step, the scientist needs to test the pill on lots and lots of people. And the third step, if the pill works, the scientist sends the test results to the FDA for approval. Why can't the FDA do the testing? The FDA doesn't have the money (laughs) or the resources to do the testing. Couldn't the scientists just lie about the test results? Now, Jimmy, why would a scientist lie about test results? To make lots of money. Okay, but that's why we have the FDA to stop scientists from lying. What if the scientists promise the FDA some of the money? Like a bribe? Yeah! No, 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 no. FDA would never accept a bribe. How do you know? You know what? Uh, I think Mr. Magoo is feeling better. Oh, I hear him purring. Oh, I feel good. The pill made me feel all better. Is Mr. Magoo addicted to pills now? Why addicted? My dad says my mom is addicted to crazy. Hallelujah. Some of you are still upset because I put up Taylor Swift. That's all right. (laughs) Now, I'm going to end with this. I'm going to show you a clip. It's a little long, but it explains what is going on. 
And it's pretty succinct. Now, it's from a satirist that you've seen on YouTube and things of that nature. But in it, he has clips of Klaus Schwab and his cohort, Noah Harari, talking about the future and that this is something that is inevitably going to happen is that for years we wondered what the mark of the beast was going to be. We wondered if it was a tattoo. We wondered all kinds of things. I mean, when I read the late great planet Earth back in, you know, 1980 or 19, in, the, in the late 1980s, um, you know, I didn't know what it was. But now we're finding out what it is. Now they're showing exactly what it is. But yet, because the church doesn't teach on prophecy anymore, there's, you know, I mean, it's 38% of, 34 to 38% of your Bible is prophetic. That's the majority of the Bible. But yet it's not taught on. And it's because we think that we cannot understand it and cannot know it. And of course, there have been in our process have been, you know, instant variations of what that looks like. But now as we're getting closer, we don't need to be more ignorant we need to know so that we can pray because you, each, every person in this room has loved ones and family members that don't know Jesus right now. And what is the purpose of this message? Is it to scare you and to get you? No, it's to incite you to action. Not action in signing petitions and doing silly stuff like that, but action in doing the Great Commission. Advancing the gospel message, reaching out to our neighborhoods, our neighbors, our friends, our family, and letting them know that Jesus is coming soon. Amen? Amen. So, Mark, if you'll play the last clip, that would be a great blessing to me. One of the features of this fourth industrial revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing, but it changes us. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who are changed. Yeah. And of yeah. course, this has a big impact on your identity. Yeah. Editing your genes? Cool. I'll explain that later. But first, why do so many people consider this guy, Klaus Schwab, to be the most dangerous man in the world? Well, there's some reasons, a lot of them. You might remember Klaus Schwab as the puddle of liquefied feces who said, by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Translated, that probably means by 2030, he'll own everything and he'll be happy about it. But how does he expect you to own nothing and be happy about it? Oh, he's got a plan. Yeah, I'll tell you about it in a minute. But before I do, a little bit about Klaus Schwab. He's the author of COVID-19, The Great Reset. What a grand opportunity indeed. Oh, and his book was published on July 9th, 2020. <laughs> Wonder how he got it written and published that fast. It's almost like maybe he pre-wrote it before he started the pandemic. I mean, before the pandemic started. Old Klaus is also the founder and chairman of the World Economic Forum, an organization that faces the public with very noble-sounding goals of creating a better world. Fear-mongering about climate change and disease are big goals of theirs. Welcome to Davos. 
Just park your private jet over there and then go inside and pretend to be concerned about climate change. Klaus and the World Economic Forum want a worldwide digital ID system that determines your access to goods and services. It would monitor your online behavior, purchases, and biometrics. It kind of seems like he just wants to do away with the whole democratic process and give all the power to the state and whoever runs the state, the deep state. But that's based on both his words and actions, so it's probably an inaccurate observation. Was Dr. Evil's character based on this reptile? Mr. Schwab writes the following. <laughs> One of the greatest lessons of the past five centuries in Europe and America is this. Acute crisis contribute to boosting the power of the state. It's always been the case, and there is no reason why it should be different with a pandemic. Nobody ever elected Klaus Schwab to anything. This all just sounds like conspiracy, doesn't it? The World Economic Forum are good guys. Haven't you seen the headlines they pay for? Go green, right? Right? That's probably right. They truly are good guys. Accordingly, you'll be excited to hear that the lineup of World Economic Forum speakers at their annual gathering of elites in Davos included such benevolent humanitarians like Xi Jinping, the leader of the Chinese Communist Party, who's currently committing genocide, Anthony Fauci, who's arguably currently involved in crimes against humanity, and Bill Gates, who's arguably currently involved in crimes against humanity, and Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison, who's arguably currently involved in crimes against humanity. What a great lineup! But my favorite economic forum speaker of all time is this reptile, Klaus Schwab's top advisor, Dr. Yuval Noah Harari. Let's see what he has to say. Data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. Elites hacking organisms and re-engineering life itself? Well, he's not talking about doing that to people, is he? Now, in the past, many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough, and nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. Well, I guess he was talking about doing that to people. All people, to be specific. And if indeed we succeed in hacking and engineering life, this will be not just the greatest revolution in the history of humanity. This will be the greatest revolution in biology since the very beginning of life. Not playing God, are you? Because that usually works out super well. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some God above the clouds. Oh, you are playing God. Say more. Evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds. The IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. Gosh, you wouldn't by chance have a plan in place on how to control people with your cloud technology, would you? And that plan isn't by chance already being implemented, is it? Today, 
we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Oh, so you could implement it. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste. Sounds familiar. And I guess you are implementing it already. Didn't anyone bother telling this guy not to say any of this out loud on camera? It's, it's just, it's a lot of evidence. Surveillance, people could look back in a hundred years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin. My brain, my body, my life, does it belong to me or to some corporation or to the government or perhaps to the human collective? This guy's revealing the whole plan. He's going to ruin it. The World Economic Forum, out for the good of humanity. You'll own nothing, not even your own DNA, if we have our way. Now for some additional fun facts about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. They've got a Young Leaders Program, which is a five-year indoctrination program into their principles. The goal of the program is to create world leaders who don't answer to their people because they don't care about them. They answer to their bosses at the World Economic Forum. Graduates of the program include admirable world leaders that are suspiciously in lockstep with the Great Reset such as Justin Trudeau, Francis Macron, and Mark Zuckerberg. Sponsoring partners of the World Economic Forum's Young Global Leaders Program have been the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Google. I wonder why Google censors and shapes information to be in exact support of the World Economic Forum's narrative. Hmm. Oh, another fun fact. The World Economic Forum is predicting a worldwide cyber attack. I'm pretty much a wizard at predicting the things I'm going to do, too. The very concerned Schwab believes the cyber attack could bring a complete halt to our power grid, transportation, hospital services, and to our society as a whole. The World Economic Forum then simulated the cyber attack. Simulated or planned? I'm not sure, but they said it was a simulation, so it's probably best to just believe them. Oh, also the World Economic Forum, along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, hosted Event 201, which oddly enough played out exactly as they planned, or simulated, or whatever. Let's move on. And here's a picture of Klaus Schwab sitting in front of his statue of Vladimir Lenin. I wonder why he's got a statue of one of the most murderous world leaders in history. Lenin killed an estimated 5 million people. And finally, remember Schwab's whole thing about you'll own nothing and be happy about it? What's the World Economic Forum's plan to make that happen? Well, it's probably nothing, but consider this. BlackRock is an investment firm with $9 trillion under management, which is a higher GDP than every country on Earth, aside from the U.S. and China. Therefore, it turns out BlackRock has more political and financial influence than the Federal Reserve and most governments. Sounds cool, but what's the connection with a World Economic Forum? <laughs> well, again, it's probably nothing. But BlackRock CEO Larry Fink is also just a board member of the World Economic Forum. Well, that's super convenient. And probably just a coincidence. Is the World Economic Forum and BlackRock colluding in corporatism, where an unelected corporate elite dictates top-down to the population? Well, they couldn't be doing that because they'd have to infiltrate the government, which they haven't done. Except for, in one of Joe Biden's first appointees once he took office, he named Brian Deese to be the director of National Economic Council. Brian Deese came from BlackRock 
where he was the global head of sustainable investing. And now he's Biden's main advisor for economic policy. But Biden's making the policy decisions, not the unelected corporate elites at BlackRock and the World Economic Forum. Of course Biden's making all the decisions. Let's not be silly. Oh, look, there's a picture of Biden in the audience at the World Economic Forum. Oh, and also Kamala Harris's chief economic advisor is Michael Pyle. He came from BlackRock, where he was a global chief economic strategist overseeing the strategy for investing $9 trillion. Well, it looks like corporatism, but it's probably not. But if it was, it would actually be a viable strategy for BlackRock and the World Economic Forum to own everything and for you to own nothing. Oh, fun fact, BlackRock is buying up single-family homes at an alarming rate, oftentimes paying 20 to 50% above asking price so normal people like you and I can't own the homes. Now, there is an interesting pattern to all this. You know how you hear about ancient tyrannical rulers who would rule over their dumb people by saying things like, yeah, if you don't do all of this slave labor and let me sleep with your wives, then God's going to make you all perish in a deadly storm. Well, God told me, and because I'm elite, I have access to this knowledge, and you don't. So you better do as I say, or you're going to die. Well, us peasants can't perceive what the king can, so we better do as he says. Good old fear-mongering. A predictable pattern as old as time itself. But with Klaus in the World Economic Forum, it's climate change is going to kill you, disease is going to kill you, and a cyber attack's going to get you. So you better do as we say, or you're going to die. I don't know. The weather looks pretty good to me. Why don't you ever smile, Klaus? You look like a sociopath. No, you don't understand. We elites have access to knowledge that you don't. So you better listen to us or you're going to die. Same old fun pattern of fear-mongering. They know of the scary problems, and only they have the solutions. So listen up or you're going to die. <laughs> gotcha, Klaus. Nothing new here. We see you. In conclusion to the question, is Klaus Schwab the most dangerous man in the world? Here's his top guy again. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. It will indeed be over. If you outsource your thinking to outside influences and take the easy way out by choosing obedience over bravery. Doing so makes you very susceptible to being manipulated by fear. And if this happens, you will fail at remaining a free, sovereign individual. That's sobering stuff. But it shows us the timeline that we're on, guys. Okay? They're trying to expedite this. But our God has a plan. There is still in the heart of God and needs to be in the heart of his people. The end time harvest of souls. And we are in the beginning of that harvest. We are in the beginning of that worldwide revival, awakening, if you will, in which people are going to come back 
to God in droves. God is not going to leave us as orphans. He has made a plan. He has come by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to redeem all mankind. And we are a part of that plan. They've got their plans. We've got our plans. Amen? And our plans include doing the works of Jesus in our generation. We don't need to be an intellectual church. We need to be a church of power. We need to be a church that exhibits the works of Jesus Christ, that talks like Jesus and walks like Jesus and heals like Jesus and delivers like Jesus. I'm here to tell you your children are coming back to God. I'm here to tell you that your family is going to be saved. I'm here to tell you that every opportunity that God can bring forth, people will be drawn into the kingdom of God. But you've got to do your part. You've got to step up and say, I'm going to do what I'm called to do. Which is first, every believer is called to do the Great Commission. Called to go out and to reach out to people. To not bring them to church, but bring them to Christ. Amen? We're closer than we think. We're closer than we think. Jesus is soon coming for the church. And we want everybody to be ready. Amen? Now, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, or you need to shore up your relationship, we're going to have counselors that are going to be up here at the close of service, and, and they will pray with you. We don't want you walking out the same way you came in. Maybe you're here and you're feeling powerless. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's an endowment of power from on high that's given to every believer to be able to do the works of Jesus and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, if you desire that, they're going to be up here to pray with you and meet with you and give you information. We have books that you can read. We can pray with you right here and you can walk out having something that will empower your life to do the works that Jesus told you you could do. Maybe you need prayer for healing. Maybe you need deliverance. Praise the Lord. You can get it here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here to meet your needs. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Are you okay? Is everybody all right? Do you love me? Okay. Because if you've got any complaints, send them to Bob Hazy at lake-church.com. Okay, he's not here today, so, amen, hallelujah. Well, I'm excited today because of what the Lord's bringing forth, and I got a lot more to tell you. I mean, my goodness gracious, I just kind of gave you the buckshot version, but we were going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about education, we're going to talk about government, we're going to talk about the supernatural worldview, we're going to talk about all the giants and Nephilim and all that wonderful stuff. Amen.